Welcome to the Veterinary Business Matters Podcast brought to you by Oculus Insights. Here we will discuss topics related to veterinary business management. From small to large animal, this podcast strives to give you the insight and tools to help you improve your veterinary business. Oculus Insights, supporting businesses where great people want to be. Hi, it's Mike Connell from Veterinary Business Matters, brought to you by Oculus Insights. As part of our COVID-19 Resiliency Guide for Veterinarians, really happy to be talking to Sue Armstrong. Sue is part of the Oculus team, and Sue is an executive coach. And Sue, first of all, thank you. And then I want you to tell us all about what is an executive coach. Oh, hi, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on today. Coaching and executive coaching. Coaching is a process of figuring out where someone wants to go when they recognize that they're in a place that isn't productive for them or they aren't feeling productive and they want to get to another place. So it's call it laying out your goals and trying to map out a way to accomplish them. And what I do as an executive coach is facilitate that person getting there successfully. And so I look at it, I've been turned on to coaching for my own practice just from getting to know you. And I remember I've involved some of our veterinarians and our support staff. How I sort of describe it to them is you're stuck, you know, you're in your career and you're stuck and you don't know which way to go. And, you know, as veterinarians and as practice managers and leaders, we don't necessarily have the skill set or the training to help ourselves get unstuck or help others. And so bringing in a professionally trained coach really made such a difference. And I know. I actually ended up having other people within my practice saying, can I get a coach too? Can I have some time with Sue? Because it works so well for you know other people. So I wish I knew about it earlier. That's all I kind of say about it because boy, it's really helped us since we've started using it now. If everyone had a coach and that's not self-serving, it's, it's this feeling of having somebody else with a different set of eyes looking at the same situation and helping that person be able to shift their perspective. Because when you say you're stuck, I often refer to it as being in the swamp. And when you're in the swamp and with the weeds, all you see is the weeds. Right. And when you have a coach, there's somebody that's saying, hey, over here, look over here. That sort of idea. And I think the challenge of introducing it to vets, and I think I've gotten better at it, is that, you know, as veterinarians, we're very precise. We don't like to make mistakes. We're perfectionists. And we start bringing up the idea of, you know, well, maybe a coach would help you. Then they think, oh, I'm broken. There, I, Something needs to fix me. And that's not it at all, is it? No, it's totally not that. Anybody that comes to coaching is not broken. Actually, they're more open-minded. I like to, when I'm speaking with veterinarians, to try to make an analogy to when you're making a, a diagnosis on an animal and you're trying to rule out a whole bunch of different things. And you don't say, oh, the animal's broken, I can't fix it. You get curious about what it is that's causing all of these problems or whatever showing up. And so that's what we do. We get curious about what's getting in the way of that person living fulfilled or working to their highest potential. That's what we do. Yeah. And that's wonderful. And I'm, I'm a believer, total believer. And I know more and more of the, some of the practices that we work with through Oculus have been using your services and just you get a lot of repeat business and new business. So that's really a, a great indicator of how people are viewing it now. So let's shift a little bit in terms of what's going on now. We have COVID-19, forget about what how the impact it's having on businesses. On us personally, we have managers and leaders that we know in practices that are just putting on the best game face. 
but are dealing with their own issues behind the scenes, whether you know family members are at risk, people are losing jobs, what have you. So what I wanted to talk today is coaching for managers and leaders through this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, the one thing we can say and the reason why Oculus created this resilience guide is this will end. And what we're hoping to be able to do with this guide is to give veterinary practices the tools, resources to navigate through this crisis and come out in a much better place than they would have if they did nothing. And I think how we communicate with our staff is one of the key elements. And Sue, when we've talked about this before, um, one of the things that you brought up is perspective. As a manager or a leader, you think they need perspective. So can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Sure. Coaching is all about being able to see and take on different perspectives. And the best way that I can give you an analogy is If you can think back to sometimes when you're in high school and maybe in sociology class and they would put the picture of the old lady on the, oh gosh, it was an AV screen. That's how old I am. (laughs) But you would look at it and the perspective that I would always see was this old woman. But the person beside me saw a young woman facing off in another direction. And it didn't matter how long or how hard I looked at it. I couldn't see the other person's version until someone actually came at one and traced it. I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is, is that two different people saw the same thing differently. And neither one of us was wrong. And I think that with the COVID-19 experience, because we're all experiencing the same thing, but all of us are experiencing it from a different perspective. We're all seeing it differently. And so for managers and leaders in the practice is to understand and be patient with the other person's perspective until you can see where they're coming from. And how would you suggest that a manager or a leader, you know, how do they talk, communicate with people that they work with to help understand their perspectives? You know what? It's about getting curious and caring. So I would say to you, Mike, just to have a check-in and say, hey, Mike, how are you doing? How are you feeling today about, you know, COVID-19 and and its impact on you? And you answer me. (laughs) Mm. And then I think the big thing is, is to not show up the next day and make an assumption that Mike's still feeling the same way today. Because this is such an ongoing, fluid changing situation that our emotions and our perspectives are changing daily around it. And for for an example, if I can explain to you sort of how I was feeling, you know, two months ago, this was something that was going on in China. And I would look at the news or read the newspaper and go, oh, wow, this is really terrible. It's, but it's over there. And then all of a sudden it's in Italy. And I'm like, wow, this is a big deal but it's over there. And so I I had this feeling of safety and that it wasn't our problem. And now we're here and I'm speaking to you from my home office, trying to stay away from people and do my part. And so my perspective has shifted from, oh, it's, it's just something over there to this is our reality. And that changes every day. No, for sure. And I know when you're talking about people's perspective and just checking in because you hate to think about the positives that come out of such a tragic situation, but I've really gone to understand with some of the people that I work with, some of the challenges that they're having outside of work 
And boy, it's made me really appreciate them because by asking these questions, as you said, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, you are doing such an amazing job with us. And yet you have to deal with this at home on top of it. Oh my gosh, like, wow. But as you said, I've been finding having to check in is really important because everybody's situation changes differently every day and it's chaotic. So trying to keep sense out of chaos is hard. Sense out of chaos and then stepping out of judgment of that person's chaos. Yes. You know, and we're all feeling this sense of uncertainty. And there's this sense of uncertainty about our health and about our connectivity with people, or maybe even our finances. And my situation is different from my neighbor's situation. And just knowing that you know, tomorrow someone's job might be gone and maybe two weeks from now they're going to be in a very different situation and not to be in judgment of that and say, well, what have they been doing with their money? You know, I I don't get to stand in that place. And so as managers and business leaders, we have to have real empathy towards the people around us and step out of judgment and just step into caring. Right. When we talk about empathy, I know I've, you know, we've had enough discussions about this. You then start talking about vulnerability and being uncomfortable. And why is that a good thing? Oh, vulnerability, I think, is the the piece that makes us all human and connects us. And the problem people have around vulnerability is and empathy is that in order to really empathize and be with that person in their moment of whatever it is they're feeling, anxiety, angst, fear is letting them know that you understand. And in order for you to truly empathize and understand, it means that you have to connect with what they're feeling. And that means connecting with your own emotions that might make you feel uncomfortable or experiences that you've had that might be similar. We have to connect to what they're feeling in order to empathize. And for some of us, it's difficult because we don't want to open ourselves up to that feeling of fear or anxiety or loss. Absolutely. And I think that's the one of the biggest challenges as leaders right now is that we don't have the answers. And we're already personally stressed, upset about our own lives, the lives of the people that work for us, the lot, you know, what's going to happen with our business. So we're caring a lot, but I also think, you know, it's so hard for most vets because we're used to being we have the answers or we can figure out the answer. We'll get it for you. And this time we don't have it. And I think it's okay to say that to people. Like I know in my own experiences dealing with some of our, our staff, our vets in saying, I don't know, but I'm going to try to get the answer and I'm just going to be as open and honest as I can with you. I think they appreciate when you say, I don't know, because if you're saying you do know now, I think everybody's BS meters are pretty attuned quite high. And if you say, oh, I got to figure it out, they're like, yeah, no, you don't. And that worries me more than you saying you don't know anything's going on. Yeah. And especially because, you know, right now your staff is looking to you for reassurance. Everybody is feeling the uncertainty. But I think what mostly as as managers and leaders in the practice for your staff and your clients, because they're looking to you as as a medical authority, but to be able to say, I don't know. But I know we're going to be okay through this. I know we're going to stick together through this and provide the answers in real time as you get them. Yep. So when you talk about empathy, you talk also about the four elements of empathy. Can we uh, dig deeper into that? Yeah, yeah. The four elements of empathy are seeing the person for who they are and appreciating them for who they are. 
understanding where they're coming from. So understanding the perspective that they see things from, because their perspective is their reality. Those feelings and emotions are, are what they're experiencing. And our job is to be with them. And I say that with a capital B-E and stay out of judgment. It, it's not our place to judge their feelings, which is to provide understanding and reassurance of that. You know, one of the things you talk about is seeing their world or seeing their world through their eyes. And I, you know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot lately is about how different age groups are perceiving this differently. And I think of some of our younger vets, associates, colleagues in our practice. 12 years ago, it was the Great Recession. And so there's been two big whammies that they've had to experience in a lifetime. And so 12 years ago, they saw family members get laid off. They saw people lose homes. They saw family and you know living in cars. We've heard those stories. And this happens 12 years later, and maybe they're in their early teens, you know, even younger before. And now this, this must be absolutely terrifying in their worlds because this looks worse than what they saw when they were younger. Whereas I think, you know, I'm in my mid-50s and not that I've experienced anything like this, but I've had enough of them all the way going back to, you know, interest rates of 20% in the early 80s and, you know, seeing family members get affected and lose jobs that I think it's easier to roll with it. Maybe I'm going out on a limb and I shouldn't go on. I don't know. What do you think? You know, I'm sitting here with a smile on my face right now because I'm thinking there's a gift. These are the gifts of just being older. <laughs> you've seen a lot. We've seen a lot. We know that we're going to get through it. We're going to take a hit, but it's going to be okay. And I think that young people, they are, they're upset. There's a whole lot of uncertainty. And I think that we have a generation of young people that understand more so than ever their own feelings. And if we can help them stay in the present and not to catastrophize about what might happen or about that uncertainty, but to help them remain in the present, understand what they're feeling and help them move through that. And that's what's really neat about the younger people coming up uh, in the profession and out there is that you can talk to them about what they're feeling and they don't have judgment feelings around what they're feeling. So instead of saying, I, I, I'm feeling afraid and I shouldn't feel afraid because I'm that's wrong. They're being with the fear and going, yeah, I am afraid. And I'm talking to you about it so that we can help them stay in the present, be with that emotion and move through it. Wonderful. Continuing on with empathy, you also talk about empathy traps. Can you explain what an empathy trap is? Yeah. Empathy traps are when you're not really in empathy. Um, You're not willing to do the hard work of vulnerability and to be with that person. And so an empathy trap looks like somebody who, if I came to you, Mike, and said, Glenn just lost his job, he's been laid off. And your response would be, we're going to be laying off people too, making it even worse. Another um, empathy trap is silver lining it, you know, that looking the bright side and saying, well, if your husband's laid off, at least you don't have to pay for daycare anymore. Not really. Ouch. Yeah. 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 And then there's the the other one, the fixer that is, um, you know, my husband got laid off and saying, you know what, this is all going to be over before you know it. Yeah. So, hey, sorry about your problems, but just keep them over to yourself, right? right? So when you feel yourself trying to bright side it for the person, you're not being with that person and their emotions. Actually, what you end up doing is 
dismissing their emotions. And when you do that, you lose trust with that person, whether it's a client, whether it's your family, whether it's a staff member, people need to be seen and heard when they're feeling uncertain and stressed. Right. And I think that's probably one of the great take home messages that people could take from this podcast is that really listen and emphasize with them. So as managers and leaders, I mean, I think whenever we've been talking about COVID-19, the theme that comes out more and more, it's everywhere, is communication and how we're communicating with our staff, with each other, our clients. And what tips do you have in terms of communicating with uh, how, how managers and leaders can communicate with their teams? I think right now, communication is of the utmost importance. It always is, but now more so than ever. And regardless of your political stripes, I I think that if you were to take a page out of Justin Trudeau's book right now with the way he's addressing the nation every day, and he is the face of reassurance and is explaining, you know, these are the steps that we have taken. This is how we're moving forward with the situation. These are the changes, and this is how we have pivoted to mitigate any losses or to mitigate the the stresses. So I think right now as leaders that, you know, we don't make assumptions that our staff is just fine. I think that it's important that we communicate and have daily check-ins with people and reassure them of the plan that you have in place for the clinics, you know, be that, you know, uh, staff safety, client safety, and business safety. I mean, we're taking steps to make sure that at the end of this, the business is going to come through resilient. And just for people from outside of Canada, Justin Trudeau is our prime minister. And every day around 1130, he's been doing a press conference. He's in self-isolation because his wife has tested positive for COVID-19. So he comes out in front of where he lives and has a press conference. And he has been very reassuring. And yeah. I've actually took some tips from him and how I'm communicating with my staff. And every day we communicate something. And I think the idea of no surprises, you know, they're, they're expecting things to happen. And they won't be surprised when they happen, but yet nobody likes surprises. So I think, you know, one of the questions I had when our communication yesterday is, will there be layoffs? And I was saying, I don't know. There's a very good chance there will be because we don't know what's going on, but I'm going to give you 48 hours warning before we lay people off just so you can be prepared. And I think that helped people. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to spring it on you. Absolutely. And I think also being able to ask your staff for ideas and for feedback, because then it's part of that check-in is, is this working for you? Is there a better form of communication for you just to make sure that they're involved and engaged with it all? And especially right now, it's knowing your default behavior in times of stress. And and if you're the kind of manager or or person that under times of stress needs to go sit in the office and close the door right now, that's not the kind of management behavior that people need. We need to see people up and in front and taking a leadership stance and saying, you know what, we're going to work our way through this. Yep. No, excellent. So you also talk about self-regulation and resilience, and maybe you can just sort of speak to that a little bit. So this is about knowing how you show up in times of stress or just knowing your default behaviors. My example of if you're the kind of person that is a methodical thinker and needs to hide away right now, 
people need to see that you care. It can be misread as they're not taking this seriously or they don't care about how I feel. So it's about self-regulating how you behave in times of stress. And so knowing how you show up, it's about being able to recognize how you're feeling in a situation. And if you're feeling anxious and, and afraid, that's okay but not communicating that to the people around you. So there are really productive behaviors and less productive behaviors is what I'm trying to get at. And that staying in a way to figure it out is what am I feeling right now and how am I showing up? And is this a productive behavior for my staff, for my team, for the business? And also when you're at home for my family, Mm -hmm. if your default is to go home and have three drinks, maybe right now, that's not the right behavior to signal to the people around you that you care. It's about taking care of you so that you can stay healthy during this crisis. Yep. You keep your own health. This is the tough job of being a leader is that you've got to take on more in these times. And so you've got to be as healthy as possible right now, don't you? Yeah. And so I I know this sounds really cliche to say, you know, you got to eat healthy and you have to maintain exercise. And but these things are so important because right now we're creatures of habit and our routines have been vastly interrupted. The gyms are closed. Um, The grocery store doesn't have all the products we need. So it's really about being mindful about choosing healthier options and taking that walk or getting on the Peloton or whatever it is to be able to stay healthy and be able to respond in this crisis for your family and for your your staff. I was lucky enough to get a Peloton before Christmas. And it used to be our routine was we'd get up very early, go to the gym. So I'd always be working out first thing in the morning, five, six o'clock. That that has changed now because we're in self-isolation and everything is closed. So I'm starting to get more of adult hours. I sleep in later every day and I go to bed later. But what I have found is I work out on my bike every day around noon because I just, every day is so different and there's no order to the day because you're just dealing with new things that are happening and things that we're not prepared for. And so I find if I can take a, a half an hour, 45 minutes midday, go on my bike, I reset my day. It's the time to get your mind off everything discharge everything, get a good sweat. And then you're like, all right, now I can start my day all over again. I find I'm fresher through the whole day now by taking that half hour, 45 minute break in the middle of it. So absolutely. I would feel guilty previously about, you know, working out at lunchtime, but now it's like, I'm bringing my best to the environment by doing this. And you know, when you just said that I would feel guilty before. And and I think things are are going to change now. I think that there's going to be in the future when we move through this, I think there's going to be real learnings about how we can do things differently. And it's okay, we don't have to feel guilty about it. But also on that feeling or placing judgment around what you're doing and feeling and, and just being able to say, you know what, we're all going to have bad days during this. And that's all right. And I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. Yesterday for me was an absolute grind. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to go for a walk. I was cranky. (laughs) My kids were, are you okay? And I said, yeah, you know what? I'm not my best self right now. And, And it was okay. And so to understand and to just be with that feeling of uncertainty or frustration and know that I'm not, I'm just going to be with it and let that feeling move and go through me because 
I'm not going to like gang up on that feeling with a whole bunch of other feelings. So just be with that feeling, stay out of judgment around if you're having a bad day. Cause you know what, today I woke up and I was like, Hey, I'm better today. I'm feeling a whole lot more optimistic. So yep. when it's, we say it's fluid, it's fluid and, and have patience and compassion for yourself and patience and compassion for the people around you. And we're all going to get through this. Yeah. I love those. I'm going to use that as a cue for final words, because I think we will get through this. And I think this is teaching us to take care of each other, not just ourselves. And I think if there is a glimmer of brightness in this is, you know, especially being in self-isolation, people joke, it's like, oh my God, you and your wife are together for all these days. You're killing each other. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) We're having a blast. This is actually pretty great. So, but it, it has given me a different perspective on things. And I just hope I persist afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, I think you will. I think you're going to be just fine. Sue, thank you very much. And you'll be hearing more from Sue as we're carrying on with our COVID-19 Resilience Guide for Veterinarians. If you have information or you would like some information about coaching services and if they're right for you, you can contact us at info at oculusinsights.net or you can get all our contact information on our Facebook pages. Sue, again, thank you very much. Appreciate that. I think everyone is very valuable. At Oculus Insights, we care a lot about animals, but we also care about the health of the veterinary profession. Our goal is to support veterinary businesses around the world by helping you clear your path to success.